Hi, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas that you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. And now we're exclusively a part of the SU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kent Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SU Chief of Staff. And I'm excited today to introduce our guests for our, our show. Uh, we are privileged to have with us Adolfo Querion Jr. and Reverend Dr. Gabriel Salguero. Adolfo is the Chief Executive Officer of Metro Futures LLC, a real estate development consulting firm based in New York City. And the sole focus is the development of affordable housing in New York City's metropolitan area. Adolfo's professional career has been dedicated to improving the quality of life, expanding opportunities for historically marginalized communities, especially in the Bronx, New York City, and literally around the country. Uh, and we're grateful to have you Thank with you. Us today. Thank you, Dr. And I'd also like here. to welcome back uh, Reverend Dr. Gabriel Salguero, who's been with us before on Framework Leadership. He and his wife, Jeanette, are pastors of The Gathering Place, a Latino-led multi-ethnic Assemblies of God congregation in Orlando, Florida. Dr. Salguero is also the president and founder of the National Latino Evangelical Co Coalition, NALIC, as for short on that side. And uh, it's a coali national coalition of several thousand uh, evangelical congregations from around the United States. Welcome both to having you on the show Thank today. You. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I want to open up our conversation by talking a little bit about the Hispanic Leadership uh, Center at SEU that we're launching actually uh, on this day. Now, Adolfo, this Leadership Center is is getting dedicated and renamed in remembrance of your father, Adolfo Carreon Sr., who served as the superintendent of the Spanish Spanish Eastern District of the Assemblies of God for, what, nearly 40 years. Uh, he dedicated his life to ministry and, and really paved the way for diversity in our community. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with your father uh, and the effect his legacy has had on your life mm -hmm. as a leader. And yeah, we're excited. Well, you know, when, when I, I, I became an elected official in New York City back uh, in the late 1990s, and I was a member of the city council and then I was chief executive of the borough of the Bronx, a small village of a million four hundred thousand wow. people. I was the borough president. And people would always ask, um, where did you learn your political skills or, you know, what guides you? And, and I would always say, you know, it was about being a servant. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it almost you you see that that faraway dissonant look like you're not supposed to say that you're supposed to say that it was some hard scrabble right. story yeah. in the mm -hmm. street, and it was really about being in the shadow of dad, who basically dedicated himself to serving his community wherever he mm -hmm. was, and you know from from early on uh, as I as I shared earlier uh, today with. Um, with you all about uh, he arriving from Puerto Rico in the 1950s and walking into this church in the Lower East Side and ne never leaving right. um, and ascending to the leadership. But in all of that trajectory and, the, you know, the work he did, starting new churches, growing an organization that was 30-something congregations to 360 congregations wow. in the northeastern United States, extending it down the eastern seaboard, east of the Mississippi to the, to the Atlantic seaboard, down to Florida, down to Puerto Rico, down to the Dominican Republic, wow. elsewhere. Um, in all of that, he never forgot uh, his simple start 
and mm -hmm. the reason why he was doing what he was doing, that it was not about Adolfo Carrion. It was about the people he was serving. Um, it was not about the glitz. It was not about, you know, the accolades. And and I took that with me in my journey. And I, look, I you know, I worked at the White House. I worked for the President of the United States. I was a regional uh, you know, administrator for the Department of Housing and Urban mm -hmm. Development. I was, a, I was the president of the National Association of Latino Elected Officials. All that stuff wow. uh, amounts to n nothing in terms of the titles. Yeah. It's really what, what effect have you had on wow. other people's lives? Yeah. And when you put your head down on that pillow or you're in the privacy of your home, uh, are you still just Bobby? Are you dad? Are you, are you a good husband? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are you a good role model? Mm -hmm. um, because all the other stuff in the end doesn't really matter it's what you've done and you know and, and dad was about that um it, it didn't matter you know i remember um it used to bother us as kids but then we all become our parents right <laughs> yeah. you, we would walk into a restaurant and he would give the time of day to the waiter like it was family or yeah. a doorman opens up a door and he stops to talk and says hey thank you so much you know how's your day going mm. and he's like come on dad we're you know we we've got somewhere to go <laughs> right. but th that was the essence yeah. that yeah. that every single human being it, it mattered and 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 was deserving of that pause and that connection mm -hmm. and you it's know? so powerful to hear you talk about his legacy and and really when you think about as as leaders that's the that's the true metric that we have right we set so many metrics for ourselves as leadership as far as numbers bottom line doesn't matter what sphere you're at but really the true metric you have is what is the legacy you leave behind Gabe can you tell us a little bit about the first time you interacted with with seniors legacy and, and what it meant in your life and leadership well look I was a teenager I was 12 really going on 13 and uh, I heard him preach at a small storefront Pentecostal mm -hmm. church, maybe 150 people. But he was already a legend in our community. He had, as you said, grown the, the district from 30-something to over 350. Uh, he had bought a camp for retreat centers and, 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 and started other districts. And so uh, all of that work, and he took time. It's, it's mm. exactly what Adolfo has said mm. to to say he knew my he knows my dad who's who's seventy three years young, and he says he asked me he says how, how are you doing in school, <sighs> do well in school yeah, stay humble, serve people yeah do well in school stay humble serve people yes. in Spanish it sounds better I I assure you it sounds <laughs> better <in Spanish. laughs> much more romantic in Spanish. <laughs> much more it's flows <laughs> but but I remember that. And then years later, when I asked him to be the founding chairman of the National Latino Evangelical Coalition, it was because I knew his heart yep. that leadership was first and foremost for him service. Mm -hmm. uh, Elisa, his wife, and, mm -hmm. and, and the children were all example of, of that kind of, I'm committed to wherever I go, I'm going to leave it better mm -hmm. than when I got there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and that was just... He, he would preach often, uh, and most of the times just without saying a word. Love it. So can you tell us a little bit about how this legacy of service uh, impacted your calling to serve in that public space, and what how does that connect with the work you're doing even now in developing affordable housing? Well, you know, I think... Uh, <clears throat> The, the, uh, the concept of lay leadership comes to mind that, in fact, you know, in the end, p 
peel off all titles and degrees. And uh, the question is, who are you? What do you do in your family and your community? And do you leave the place you're at better than you found it? Found it, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and and for me, you know, <clears throat> I would often say, you know, civic engagement and running for office and serving your community is an extension of ministry. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's an extension of that that f framework of service. Um, and so that's, you know, that's essentially what I did. And when I, look, you know, the Bronx has some of the poorest zip codes in the United States, um, some of the biggest needs. Um, and I went to work on improving education, building affordable housing, improving health care, giving people access to the major global industries that are in our city that they weren't partaking of or participating in, preparing them, you know, giving them the tools for that, so they can participate in that workforce and in that economy. Um, even, even when we went to the task of, of working with the New York Yankees to build a new stadium, oh. which was, talk about controversial. <laughs> Everybody has emotional ties to the old Yankee sure. Stadium, to the house that Ruth built, to the park around it, to the trees, to the, you know. Um, so, you know, we, we went at it thinking that we have to create a win-win situation for everybody. But at the end of the day, there was a host community. It was not the Bronx Bombers. I mean, it's great to have them there. And I remember having this discussion with George Steinbrenner mm -hmm. and saying, George, uh, may he rest in peace, saying, you know, you guys live here in our neighborhood, and the neighborhood has to benefit from what we do and what you do. And from that came the uh, New York Yankee Community Network and a sports um, fund for little leagues, for soccer leagues, for basketball, for um, leadership training, for yeah. all sorts of op you know opportunities that we created by virtue of again, mm -hmm. we're here to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. there, yeah. there really is nothing else. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is about humanity and making it better. Yeah. Uh, what I love uh, about our partnership. And, and of course, the launch uh, of, uh, of this center is the chance to, to really create educational opportunities, definitely to teach and equip students with this, this whole concept, this legacy of service, to have an others-oriented mindset in everything you do. And, and in your opinion, what is the main thing um, preventing people from stepping out into new communities to serve? Well, I think that we need more role models. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so there are so many models of leadership that are not other-minded mm -hmm. and outward-facing, that are profoundly egocentric leadership and narcissistic leadership. And in many times, regrettably, it's rewarded. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so... I'm not happy, I'm elated that we're able, in partnership with SEU, to highlight this other model that reflects the character of Christ. Yes. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer mm -hmm. would says, uh, 
that Christ was for others and the church should be for others. And so models like the Carrion Center, partnering with what SEU has done for a while and now also mm -hmm. growing with the Latino uh, communities, with communities in their place, in mm -hmm. their natural habitat, in yep. their indigenous location. You're getting an education, your you're off-site mm -hmm. partnerships. I think that the reason we don't see more of this is because some of the models that have been highlighted at the latter part of the 20th century and the beginning part of the 21st century have led us astray mm. from what the gospel tells us about yeah. leadership, that if you want to be the greatest among us, you must be the chief servant of us right. all. And I think that, that the legacy of Adolfo Carrion, the, the commitment, the core values of Southeastern University and of NALIC line up just in a perfect way mm. to to uh, underscore that servant leadership model. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and just to f follow that question uh, a bit, the, the other side of that coin, you know, there is a fear factor. Um, when you give of yourself, you, you always wonder what the reaction is going to sure. be. And we often make it about ourselves, and that's what keeps us back, rather than saying... Just give whatever the reaction is. It's literally their business how they react to my act of kindness or service or mm -hmm. or whatever it is that I do. And I remember Dad used to say, "Nene, what are you waiting for, kid? What are you waiting for? Like, are, are you waiting for some magical thing to happen outside of you? Yeah, it's inside of so you. Good. Just give it. Yeah, and and that that's a." It's a powerful tool for young people because, especially in today's world, everybody's worried about what are they going to think about right. me? Mm -hmm. yeah. How do I look? Yeah. And of course, with the social media, that takes it to, it puts another it on level. steroids. Yeah. Yeah. That takes it to another level. I have to look great. I have to sound <laughs> great. And if not, I'm not going to do anything. And, and so I would say to young people, and just... Just let it be. Let it yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Follow Just, passion. Yes. Yeah, yes. So talk to us a little bit about what this center, especially intentional leadership development, right? What does that mean for the future of the Hispanic and Latino church, you know, or the future of the Hispanic community and Latin community in America? Why is this such a, a big need that we need to... We need to push on. Look, I think we're at a Kairos moment, mm -hmm. and, and we've understood that the the exponential growth, right? There are 9 million Hispanic evangelicals in the United States. We're the fastest growing demographic. One out of every four children born in the United States is Latino. Mm. And we're 60 plus million of us, right. 9 million of us serving the, the church, either in a vocation or in the church or in education or somewhere. And so what that means is we are at the crux of, I, li I like what you, in a side conversation, Kent and I have talked about investing mm. in the future. Right. But investing in the future starts in the present. Mm -hmm. And so that means what are the models that we want to highlight? Mm -hmm. What are the exemplars we want to bring to the fore so that the church can be an agent mm -hmm. of gospel transformation, mm -hmm. of healing in our urban centers, in our suburban, in our rural, wherever we are. And so this is an opportunity that in the midst of all the crises we are fa uh, facing, and there are many, that we can provide an answer that, that empowers lay people mm -hmm. from all different spheres of influence and education to change society. And I think mm -hmm. that that is my, my hope. 
Uh, um, a final question before we uh, uh, we move into the fire round. What do you hope that students who who um, you know participate in this center and get involved? You hope for for them to accomplish as they learn, grow, and begin service. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, for one, and it's hard because to me he's he's dad, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was also my best friend, mm -hmm. and he was, you know, um, I, I would I, I would say to folks, you know, y what you see is what's there. Right. Mm -hmm. There's there's no pretensions. Yeah. You know, he would put his arm around me, or he would put his arm around another kid, mm -hmm. and it didn't matter. It was just all full of love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if if they can take away that that mindset to to give of themselves to the world, yeah, uh, and let it flourish, it runs. Yeah. The multiplier is beyond what your imagination. If you simply plant the seed, yeah, it's no, beyond. That's, that's far beyond your imagination. So good. As we move into our fire round, we want to ask you both questions surrounding every uh, some things that we've discussed here, and I want you to answer, of course, with your gut um, and you know what you kind of feel right at the top. We want to grab a few practical and applicable pieces of advice from your experiences, uh, tremendous experiences, and how God has used you to serve. So, uh, Michael, why don't you hit us with a first question? Cool, cool, cool. And feel free, please, both of you gentlemen, answer answer the question too with it. Um, so let me ask, start off the bat. What advice would you give? to someone who is struggling to see their own potential and doesn't think they can make a difference in their community? I think that you should lead out of who God created you. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is a virtue. And I think that if you embrace that God created you beautifully, wonderfully, and with a purpose, you can lead out of that. Mm -hmm. and, and leadership takes many forms. They're not always public. You're not, right. not every leader is right. famous. Yeah. A lot of people lead right. in anonymity. So genuineness and authenticity yep. will give you the courage to lead. Don't wait till you think you know everything you need to know because you never will. Mm -hmm. Never will. That's exactly right. That's good. <laughs> huge. Uh, second question: What is the number one way leaders can advocate for advocate for diversity in community and and in the workforce? Uh, you know, leadership uh, uh, implies leading. Mm -hmm. Literally by your own, your very own actions with your staff, with the people you surround yourself with, and with the priorities that you uh, project about what's important to you, yeah. mm -hmm. that diversity is important to you. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You model what you want to see. Mm -hmm. So uh, relationships, right? You have to have diverse relationships. Does your cell phone have a diverse right. number of people from racial, ethnic, and generational right. difference. And so model what you want to see. Love if it. you say you value diversity, you, it shows in your relationships. It shows in your financial investments, Love where it. your treasure is, there your heart is also, Jesus mm -hmm. said. And so model what you want to see, and people will follow not so much what you say, mm -hmm. but what they see you do. The right. famous, tell me who you walk with, and I'll tell you who you are. Who you are. That's so right. It's very good. Love it. Adolfo and Gabriel 
Cheryl, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. What a privilege. We're honored. We're humbled by um, your presence and, and your commitment to serve and to have impact, to make a difference in, in communities and in the lives of people that God cares about. Uh, he cares deeply about. Very important and grateful for the insight you've provided us even today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And if you want to stay up to date with Adolfo and Gabe, you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so for Adolfo, it's at Adolfo Carrion. And then for uh, for Gabe, it's Pastor Salguero. Um, on, and that's Twitter, Instagram, same handles across the board there. If you are watching us on YouTube right now, now's a great time to hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button so you can get more leadership content on your feed. You can also check us out on Instagram, Kent underscore Ingle, Twitter, at Kent Engel. If you want to get leadership content right to your inbox, go to our website, kentengel.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Great resources coming to you every single week. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.